The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Well, however you may define marriage this morning coming in, I hope we leave on the same same page and basis. And if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, otherwise you can find me there on your phone, smart app, whatever, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Of course, I don't agree with everything that was shared in that little clip, but it was a humorous look at a, a concept of marriage. And hate, yeah, I probably wouldn't have utilized that, but it was humorous, and I thought, hey, before we jump right in the middle of this, a few laughs might help. Well, this morning we begin our series entitled The Vow, where over the next few weeks, four to five weeks, we will look at different aspects of marriage, not just marriage itself, but also some things that are, if you will, a byproduct, children, in-laws, stepchildren, foster children, um, how to fight fair, how to fight in a manner that God um, approves of, because as they did mention, anger, passion, right? We all have vested interests come into play with marriage, and that will certainly come to fruition in disagreements. And this morning we look at a passage that is probably one of the most familiar in relation to marriage. And and I guess this morning before we get started and go any farther with the dynamics of marriage, I'd like to set out to define what God intended for marriage to be. And so, if you've been married long enough, that I don't even know what how to define that, sometimes the romance, the intensity, the passion seems to go by the wayside, and it's much easier to focus on the indifferences. And so, I hope we see God's desire, and it doesn't matter... And let's just, it doesn't matter what our marriage is right now, okay? Let's just start all on this, that playing field. We're all here. I don't think this is a waste of your energies this morning. We're all here realizing maybe relationships or marriage in our life is not where God intended for it to be. And it doesn't matter whether you've been married for months, decades, Friend, we can all do better in aligning our marriage under the authority of God. And again, it's not getting our marriage in line horizontally. It's getting our marriage in line vertically. And for that to happen, not only must we as a couple make an intention to do some things, but we as individuals must make an intention to do some things. And so this morning I, I come to you not as a know-it-all, um, but as a man living in a broken world with frustrations and despair, with heartache and pain, just as any human being has. Um, I don't have all the answers. That's why I'm talking to you from the Word of the Almighty and not my advice. Um, Jeanette and I have gone through hardships in this life we didn't certainly intend. And, and all of that creates tension and confusion and frustration. Um, you know, from how the expectations, so we're going to deal with things like unspoken expectations. Um, we grew up very different. Um, my home, 
mom and you know was just this way this way and this way and if the rug wasn't in line if the dishes weren't on time and and so my understanding of the function of a house um, was was different and so we all come in right we all get thrown into this marriage thing in a way and it doesn't matter if you dated and it honestly I, I hope and did but it doesn't even matter if you live together it's still different because at one point there's an out and then the other point you realize I gave my life to this person and coming to terms with that can be to some capacity disappointing or frustrating or fearful but let's just admit that no one's perfect and we're also not going to go home and preach at our spouse over the next four or five weeks there is nothing good going to come with you trying to fix your spouse okay so ladies this is not accepted for the next four or five weeks um men the look over or the just cut it out. We're all going to come to an equal playing field and recognize we all need Jesus. And Jesus established the gift. God established the gift of marriage. And it was intended to be a gift, not a punishment. And so, again, we can pretend, we can fake, we can just put our heads down and push through, or we can decide to have a marriage that God is pleased with, that God does honor. And that relationship with our spouse reveals the attributes of God that I spoke about last Sunday morning. You know, our expectations, our understanding, our marriage and communication are very, very different. Our understanding of intimacy is very, very different as male and female. And God created that to be a compliment. Now, some Sunday morning we may deal with more of a mature content in which I will give you heed. And we will have an opportunity for the kids and the teenagers, if you so desire, to leave the room. But intimacy is God's intention and the church has not addressed it. And our children are growing up ignorant, naive, and ashamed of their sexuality. And then the world is defining it for them. That's where the confusion comes from. The confusion comes from a lack of education and direction. And you say, well, my kids did a good job figuring it out on their own. No, no, God never intended anyone to walk in darkness or live ignorantly. God intended intimacy to be an aspect of an expression of his love. And what I've seen in the counseling scenario is intimacy is one of the biggest arenas of frustration in Christian marriages. And it should not be so. So, again, we're going to hit on it. And if you don't want to come that Sunday, that's your choice. Um, you can continue to go the course you've gone or are going. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Now, ladies, I want you to let your guard down for a moment. If you've went ahead and peeked, you see wives starting this section. I will not focus on our ladies this morning. I will focus on you men. And men, at the end of today's service, I will be asking you to join me at the altar with my wife to commit to my wife to be a better godly, a godlier husband and a godlier father, a more sensitive man who communicates my heart, 
my desires, and my world with my bride. God did not tell me just to sleep with a woman, but to live with her, to walk with her, to share the deepest parts of me with her. And we have a little joke where she asks me how my day was, and I say, fine. And then she looks at me like, you're going to have to go on. And normally it takes a little while, and we'll get to the process of communication in due time. But let us today answer the question, what was marriage designed to be, and what was the God-given role of a man? We all believe, and it has been taught for years in our churches, that men are to lead the home. Well, our men have sat in the recliners far too long and spent way too many hours watching stupid sports, whatever it is that's on your TV that ain't worth a lick of value in your world. And it's time for our men to get up and to lead, to lead your wife in love and to lead your family in courage and godliness. So if you are in chapter 5 and verse 22, I'm going to ask for you to stand out of recognition for his infallible, inerrant word, serving as a final authority on all matters of faith and practice. So we come to this passage, and we have to recognize the authority inherent, being the the special revelation of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we have to ask, Lord, what does this have to do with me? What is the application? What are the truths? You can never hear God's word and not respond. You will respond to obey or you will respond to rebel. But you must respond. Wives, submit to your husbands. Gentlemen, do not find power in that statement. You will find conviction by the time our day is over. As to the Lord, because the Lord is the head of the wife, because the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is a savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are submitted to their husbands in everything. Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with a washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Lord, we come to you confused by a broken, fallen world, often frustrated, not by one large mistake, but of time of many small mistakes and wondering how do we fix it, where do we begin. And so, Lord, I pray that today would be a time that we as men and women genuinely search the depths and the farthest regions of our heart to come clear, to come clean, 
to forgive and to restore your intention for marriage in our lives. Lord, marriage is one of the most beautiful gifts you've given us. And we have a way of turning it into a toxic playground that is confusing and bitter. Lord, may we all be honest this morning. It's more, we want more than what we're experiencing. So Lord, show us the way. Holy Spirit, convict, and may we respond in submission. And it is in that holy, precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We begin here, and we're just going to go through the passage, and then I want to point out four truths before we go. It says, wives, speaking to the women, and there is no confusion in gender, into God's word, no, no confusion whatsoever. Wives, submit. Now, as Southern Baptist churches, we have kind of erred in the interpretation of the word submission. It has been taught that no matter what, right, that the woman is to fall under the authority given to the man. And, and that is not at all what the text is teaching here. The text is teaching, wives submit to your husband with the understanding that the man is loving his wife as Christ loved the church. That's the assumption. So buddy, if you think your wife is just supposed to go along with you when you're leading your family dumb, deaf, and blind, she is no fool. Does everyone understand that? Men say amen. So first and foremost, that submission is a result and will be a desire in her heart when she sees you surrendering and seeking God's will for your family. Because if she's got any scriptural intellect whatsoever and she sees you going in a different direction then she is to some capacity going to have a disagreement with that because you're leading your family into a dangerous place. And so don't be frustrated when your wife doesn't go along with your plan or your desires when you are no one at that point in time that she should follow. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. So I am supposed to represent to my wife the wisdom, the intention, the passion, the direction, the knowledge, the expression in love and sacrifice that the Lord does. And do you know marriage is the hardest thing any of us are going to do here? There is nothing natural about marriage after the fall of man. We became selfish, egocentric, narcissistic, survival mode at best, self-preservation kicked in. And so marriage tends to be a process of usury until one is used up and has to quit. Marriage should, on the other hand, be the safe place, the healing place. There is one woman who promised her life to me. 
And it is no one in this room but that lady sitting right there. There is only one woman I promised my life to. And we're going to deal with areas of faithfulness and protecting the security of marriage. But if I do anything that causes her to be concerned about her security and my priority in loving her, I have let her down and abandoned the vows I told to her on that day. Does the intensity of that make sense? Example. I don't know how many of you will sit there and watch TV when some, and and I'm just going to say some things some of you might not like over the next few weeks, and it'll be okay. I love you, uh, but we can still be friends. And there a bra commercial come on. Now, gentlemen, I don't know why you'd sit there and watch a bra commercial when your wife is in the room. It just astounds me. Victoria's Secret, and we just sat there. Now, we had just gotten married. And man, we were watching American Idol. We what, Remember that one? We watched, what was it, Thursday nights? Pretty sure it was on Thursday, Tuesdays or Thursdays. But we watched that baby every Tuesday or Thursday night. That's what we did. And then commercials would come on and it embarrassed. You know, when you need to change the channel, you can't find the remote. But we're just going to go over some simple things like that. If you don't respect her enough to get that junk off that TV, we got some core problems. Because guess what? I, I said my eyes were going to be for one woman and one woman alone. Keep going, wives. So my, I want my wife to, to submit or to respect later. Well, then I need to be a person. And what does that man look like? Christ is the head of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So men, a couple questions. What gets most of your energy? What gets, who gets most of your time? And let me throw this one out there. Your kids will never be that concerned with how much money you made but how much time they had with you. Do you realize your employer is going to place an ad before you have time to make it to the funeral home? They are going to replace you as fast as they possibly can. Your loyalty should not be to your employer. Your time and your dedication should not be Solely, I know you need a career and you need to keep your job. But like the old saying goes, you're never going to wish you had spent more time at work. Let's keep going. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. A couple things. I'm supposed to show my wife God's love. That love is unconditional. That love supersedes His will. So even when I am outside of God's will, even when I do things that God does not approve of, God's love never fails. 
And so some of the things we do in marriage that are very manipulative are withhold time, energy, or attention because of a disappointment. Now, that, that's abuse. Base. Because in marriage, in unconditional love, if there's ever a fear that one or the other parties would stop loving or withhold love or devotion, then it's not unconditional and it's not representative of the love God's given us. So when we have the tendency to pull apart or get angry and start living different lives because, man, we just don't like, we're frustrated, that is not God's love. Now, I understand at some point some people snore so bad you can't hardly sleep with them, but I'd recommend a CPAP and you stay in that same bed, all right? Now, that's just old home country boy advice because God never leaves me alone. And God's called us to be one. And man, when you start imagining a life apart from each other, Right? There's other ramifications for that that we'll get to on our adult day. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Gentlemen, she should see me sacrificing my agenda and my desires for her benefit. She should see me contributing to the house, not just bringing home a check. And why? Why would he do this? To make her holy, cleansing her with a washing of water by the word. And so here's my question. Is my wife, we've been married 20 and three quarter years. That's a bonus point right there, boys. (laughs) And let let me tell you a little something about bonus. I, I call it the bonus program. And any time you can get bonus points, guys, please do it. All right, and then she keeps score. And then there may be a time you need to cash in those bonus points. It's to your advantage. Just trust a young preacher. So 20 and a half, three quarter years into this, is she, now this is tough, guys, is she better because she loved me? Is she better because I loved her? And ladies, I'd ask you the same thing. Is she more complete, and this this is brutal, is she more complete in her knowledge and understanding of God's love because of me? And the answer is brutal. Guys, I'm just a dumb old hick just like the rest of you. And I went through this thing doing the best I could instead of doing God's best. And I can justify any mistake I can imagine. I can justify being impatient, can I? Hello? Being unkind. When we disagree or argue how I carry that. So is she better because of being married to me And then, does she understand faithfulness more? And what that word means. 
is she more secure as a person after walking with me for 20 and three-quarter years than she was back as that single young lady? Because if there's one thing we know about God, it's that He's faithful. And so when it says cleansing her, the part of the process of sanctification for the saint involves marriage, if you're married. Now, marriage is not a requirement. It is a choice. And so us being together, I should know His love, and I should be more secure in His love, having been loved by her. Now, things happen in a fallen world, and people make mistakes at times. And that's where God calls all of us to remember, not only is she to know love, not only is she know forgiveness, but we're also, all of us, to employ that forgiveness that comes with faithfulness and love. Now, so people ask, and this is the natural question, is it okay to get a divorce if your spouse has been unfaithful? And my, my spouse has not been unfaithful at all. That is not what I'm communicating. Okay, don't, don't go Baptist and start reading in on stuff on me. Here's the answer. Scripture says, Moses talking to the nation of Israel, unfaithfulness is one of those arenas in which God allows a divorce. He does not encourage it. He does not promote it. But he says, if you cannot forgive, then you are free to go and to remarry. But the emphasis is on the forgiveness in the text, not the divorce. And so God's faithfulness in marriage, his intention is for it to even see through the most painful of circumstances. Because why? It was my unfaithfulness that put him on the cross. You see, my unfaithfulness literally killed him. And so, as we get through the passage, and we're not going to have time to go through it all, but here's what I want you to go. The purpose of marriage is to reveal to both parties, the husband and wife, God's love. To reveal God's faithfulness and to reveal God's forgiveness. And so... As we close, man, that went by quick. Maybe not for y'all. Is I've got to ask myself this question this morning, haven't read that yet again. Is my wife better? Does she see Jesus more clearly because I've loved her? And then for her, do I see Jesus more clearly because she's loved me? Now, there's little facets of marriage and just basic application and principles we're going to get to. But we've got to start here somewhere in saying 
That was the intention. Now, what do we do to align with it? What do we do to fall under that? And so, this morning's invitation, a little bit different. You guys could go ahead and... I'm going to say I've had some really good days as a husband. And they were probably like four of them. The rest of it, I spend trying to figure out how I can be so selfish when I've been so loved. And so I'm going to ask my little bride to to come up here with me. This is the only one I got. It's the only one I want. You ladies, quit looking at me like that. But man, I, I can't ask you to do anything that I'm not going to do, okay? That's, that's hypocrisy and indifference and just no integrity. But man, life thrown some curves and I didn't trust him. I got angry with him. Um, I've been bitter and distant. Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize it, you know, and, and when she wanted to talk and those times where we could have bonded and healed, I go outside or go do my thing. And so losing a child, we, something happened that shouldn't have happened. You know, we grew not bad, we're fine, but life happens. And I'm just being honest. And so today I, I want to tell y'all that I can do better. Um, and I'm asking you to join me in that. Not perfection. Um, I didn't do anything dumb or stupid. I just did what we do. Um, and so I'm going to kneel here my little bride and I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me. Um, that I, I, I don't know if I can love her more but I can show her more. And you know, I read something this morning that said the only time a guy opens a car door is if it's a new car or a new wife. (laughs) That's not the right time for that joke, but... bonus points. Yeah, I just lost them. There goes there goes some bonus points. Yeah, and I, I'm not we're gonna kneel here and um if you can or you'd like man I'm or ladies. I mean because it's saying goes if you're not married, you're in this relationship with the Lord. Um, these principles never stop. So I'm gonna kneel here with my, my wife and I'm gonna pray that the Lord would would soften my heart um, toward the things that needed to be softened. And that he would also give me the courage and the boldness to lead my family in faith. And that we don't serve him when he's good. God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay? You do whatever you feel Lord leading you to do. 
The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.